Shirley and Manisha from Make It Shine the Money Podcast. On today's podcast, do you ever wonder how your emotions impact your financial decisions? And can being happy actually make you money? Keep listening to find out. So Manisha, a few weeks ago we did a podcast on whether money can buy you happiness. But today we're going to talk about the opposite. That happiness, being and feeling happy, actually makes you richer. Yes, how you feel emotionally matters in ways you probably don't even know. Yeah, and it makes sense because I'm not at my best when I'm unhappy. But how can just being happy help me when it comes to money? So have you ever heard of the phrase rational investor? Nope, tell me more. Okay, so all investment theory is based on this premise of a rational investor, which means that the people that invest in the stock market, you know, or or any kind of investment are taking actions and making decisions. And I'm going to read the definition here so that the optimum level of benefit is reached. Mm, Okay, so what does that even mean? So essentially, we have to be these computer robots to mentally calculate whether or not an action is perfectly good or bad for us and be completely objective about it. And are there any rational investors? I mean, what do you think? Well, okay, I want to say there are because I like to do my own research and talk to people who are experienced in this area before I make a decision. But I'm going to guess no, because we're not robots. Also, as I'm thinking about this, I can come up with examples where some very experienced friends made totally impulsive investing decisions, including myself. Yeah, because did you know 80 to 90% of all decisions we make are emotional? Whoa, 80 to 90%? No, that's, that's a lot higher than I expected. Yeah, and to make things even more interesting, according to Zaltzman at Harvard Business School, 95% of all purchase decisions, so whatever you're buying, is actually an emotional decision. So what you're saying is, anytime I'm buying something and I think I'm doing it logically, I'm Mm -hmm. just rationalizing it? Exactly. People think they're making decisions based on facts, but really what we do is use logic to justify our actions to ourselves or others after the fact. Mm-hmm. So there's this game theory study, right? So where one player has to split $10 with another. So she can choose to give anywhere from $0 to $10 and keep the change. But the catch is she can only pocket the difference if the other person accepts the money. Okay, simple enough. Right. And you would think that the other person who has $0 to begin with would be happy with anything, right? Because they started with nothing. Any amount of money, right, that they get is going to be more than the $0 that they started with. Right. Okay, but they don't. So they reject lowball offers because they feel insulted that the first player got so stingy. So they would (laughs) rather neither of the players get anything at all. And the two emotions that are mapped using fMRIs when, you know, people are going through this are shown to be anger and disgust. Okay, I can see that happening. In fact, I experience it all the time in online auctions. So, you know, I used to sell things on eBay Uh and I'll sell, for example, a camera for 100 bucks. And it's also, it's already reasonably priced, but someone will send me an offer for $10 for it. Okay. So now I can counter the offer and maybe we'll meet somewhere in the middle. But I'm so turned off by the $10 offer that I just don't <laughs> want to deal with it at all. And I'll probably just reject it outright without countering. Yeah, it makes no logical sense, but each and every one of us has acted in this way at some point in time, right? So these type of games, uh, they're called ultimatum games. And more often than not, these type of games are exactly the ones where emotions completely dominate how we make decisions. Yeah, and no one likes an ultimatum. Yeah, nobody wants to be told, this is it, you got to accept this or walk away. So yeah, you're right. People get angry, disgusted, and they're like, you know what? 
I'm going to walk away. I don't need this. Mm-hmm. So, so Antonio yeah. Damasio, who is one of the leading neuroscientists in the world researching the impact of emotions on decisions, met this super interesting individual that drove his next study. Oh, okay. This is the article you sent me earlier. The uh-huh. guy with the brain tumor. Yes, the guy with the brain tumor. Okay, so in the article, Elliot, he's the man with the brain tumor, uh, but he had it removed. During the mm-hmm. surgery, the surgeons didn't realize that they also removed part of the brain tissue responsible for emotions. So he was able to continue to function intelligently in language and IQ tests, but he stopped being able to do basic day-to-day things. Yeah, like he would spend his entire afternoon trying to figure out how to organize something. Like he's mm-hmm. like, should it be alphabetical? Should it be date? Should it be by size? What is the best way? But he couldn't actually even come to decisions that would help him achieve the larger goal. He was just so busy just organizing things. Yeah, so it sounds like what happens to us when we need to get things done, but we end up procrastinating. Or a better way to put it, analysis paralysis. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we heard more information, more data, more, 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 and then ultimately we make that decision just based on gut instinct. So you see it happen all the time. In real life, on TV and movies, you tell yourself that I'm just going to go with what feels right. I'm going to trust my heart. Even when the data is right in front of you. Trust my heart, right? Like how does, (laughs) I, I cannot get more emotional than that. And the challenge is like in this day and age, there's so much data. Like you, you said it, right? Analysis paralysis. It can really paralyze us. I mean, years ago, we wouldn't be doing an in-depth study and reviewing, you know, where we're going to have our next meal. Where do we eat? And now there's like easily 20 sites, maybe more that are just focused on trying to help you figure out where to have your next meal. So you can get stuck and don't move because there are so many options and there's just so much pressure to choose the best one. And then you end up not choosing anything at all. Yep, yep. And that brings us to our original question. How does being happy actually impact your wealth? Well, we know that money can buy happiness, but this idea that happiness can bring us money, that's even better. Yeah, it's a win-win. So you are happy and rich. How can it be any better than that? So there's another study that shows that college students who started out happier than their peers, even when they didn't end up with a job right after graduation, they ended up making more money over the long term. Yeah, I mean, and you hear it, like there's so many books on this, just having a positive attitude, power of positive thinking, you know, it kind of digs, you know, into that. But think about it the other way. What happens when we're sad? So when we're sad, studies show that we actually have a higher likelihood of either accepting whatever offer is given to us. So, you know, in the first example, if you're sad, someone gives you one dollar, you're like, fine, you just don't fight <laughs> it. Um, or if you get really angry or disgusted, you might just reject the offer completely. Yeah, like in the ultimatum game we talked about earlier, if we aren't happy with what we are getting, we want no one to get anything at all. We just rather walk away. And then when we're anxious or angry, we also reject any new information. Um, so we might just completely shut down and not listen to any advice at all. Or on the flip side, we might just completely follow the advice to a T and rely too much on it. So emotions completely change how we receive information and make decisions. Yeah, and then too much anxiety can actually make you stop trusting yourself because you don't mm. feel confident that you can come to a good decision on your own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about the markets right now. So we have a lot of uncertainty. And this is usually when we will see a lot of panic selling. And yeah. It's entirely driven by emotion, right? And they're all negative emotions, like primarily anxiety. So you're not listening to any advice that might tell you the opposite. You're just selling, selling, selling. Yeah. So you're panicking and it's an awful feeling to see your portfolio mm. down. And then 
you believe your money is gone and more losses might be on the way. And studies show that over 30% of those that panic sell during a downturn never enter the market again. Yes, I can believe that. It's really daunting, especially if you're new to investing. People get spooked. And as we shared in our last podcast, Why Don't You Invest in the Stock Market? We know that over decades, we always see a positive return in the stock market. So these individuals that are leaning into their anxiety, they're actually getting locked out of future benefits forever. Yeah, and that could be a lot of money that impacts your life. Choosing to panic sell and stop investing could lead you to a very different lifestyle or a much later retirement date. Yeah, I mean, for an average investor with $10,000 who chooses to stop investing at age, let's say, 35, they would have lost out on $60,000 by panic selling. And that's just on $10,000. Yeah, I know. And that's a shame. And also the difference between investing and trading, because investing means you have it in a long term horizon Mm -hmm. and you're not just reacting to ups and downs. Yeah, that's right. And if you think even more on that, I mean, people make decisions either to be maximizers, so getting the maximum value or to be satisficers. So they have a set of criteria and they'll go for the choice that actually meets that criteria. If you are obsessing with getting the maximum return from Mm -hmm. the stock market, you are always going to be unhappy. Yeah. So this is one of the reasons we talk about being consistent with your financial plan and diversifying your investment portfolios with ETFs. So you own a basket of companies or the whole Mm S&P. So for new investors or even people who have been investing for many, many years, it's ideal because no one can perfectly time and predict what happens. Yeah. And who do you think is going to be happier between the two? Okay. My guess, it's definitely not the maximizers. Mm -hmm. They're going to be prone to regret. If you're out to find the best possible job, no matter how good it is, if you have one bad day, you think there's got to be something better out there. Yeah. And there is no such thing as the best, right? So you're actually chasing something that doesn't exist. You're always going to be miserable. Yeah, so being a satisficer is way more practical and doable. And you save a ton more time. You can actually delegate things and decisions quite easily. And then, you know, you don't have to be one specific thing all the time. You don't have to be a maximizer all the time or a satisficer all the time. You could be a maximizer when it comes to something more important like buying a car. But if you're Mm -hmm. buying a toothbrush, it's okay to be a satisficer. You don't have to research that. So what are some practical tips on how we can better manage our emotions to at least keep our baseline happiness in a positive place? So one tip I've been practicing with my daughter, she's almost two now, is being aware of how you are feeling and and naming the emotion. So even something as simple as just saying out loud, like, I feel excited right now because, or I feel Mm -hmm. uncertain right now because. So that's a great tip. I still have trouble with that sometimes because you're so used to people asking you, how are you? And you're so used to saying, I'm fine, I'm good. And you don't get into what you're actually feeling. Another tip is, after you've named that feeling, ask yourself why and then why again. I've heard to get to the root cause of how you're actually feeling, sometimes you have to ask yourself why up to five times. Yeah, and and taking the time to ask yourself why also helps you process and tackle it from angles like you may not have thought of before. So if you stop yourself and you say, hey, how am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? It actually gives you a lot more information. And then, of course, if you can, avoid making big decisions when you're tired, under stress, or hungry. Oh my God, I can second, third, quadruple, whatever that. I make the worst decisions when I'm hungry um, or stressed, but mostly hungry. I mean, that's why they say don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. You're going to end up with random things. Um, and I think the five times question, it takes practice, but it's, it's something you can even start doing today. 
So we have three takeaways from this podcast. Number one, happy people are richer with studies showing that up to 90% of decisions are actually made emotionally. Number two, having more data, more information, or more opinions on making a decision does not make it easier to make that decision. In fact, you may revert back to your gut instinct. So really, your emotions. Number three, start managing your emotions by being aware of how you feel. Name the feeling and then ask yourself why, even up to five times until you get to the root cause. Yeah, so I didn't think that emotions would play such a big role. I mean, you hear people say it all the time. Leave emotions off the table when you're talking about money. Mm-hmm. And we know the reality. There is nothing more emotional than our own finances. And this all matters because like the topic of this podcast, happy people make more money. So thank you for joining and listening to another episode. We hope this helped you better understand how emotions and money are connected and the tips we shared helped you make it shine. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the podcast creators and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.